and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host Justin Baker joining me after a week, a week long, wait, is it a two week long hiatus? Two week, I guess two weeks. Um, we were gone while well, I was gone because my wife was having a baby and it's hard to record a show about hockey when it's not your job and you have a baby. So I'll bet there's people out there that do it, but uh, not me. So therefore, Justin, you, you get sucked into my... Um, my lack of doing this. <laughs> <laughs> well, first off, congratulations, man. Oh, I, uh, oh, thank you. Yeah. That's just awesome news. I, uh, I was so excited to see the text and I mean, I, I think, you know, our, our listeners should know when this, this baby was actually born because it's a significant date. <laughs> that's true. Uh, yes. Valentine's day was her birthday. So it's pretty, uh, it was pretty cool. You know, it's pretty cool to be born on that day. And was it, yeah. It, what day was Ryan O'Reilly traded? It wasn't that day, right? That was no seventeenth. Oh yeah, it was the seventeenth. Okay, I was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be uh, that'd be something else too. Um, yeah, Valentine's Day birthday and shoot, it was uh, definitely the best Valentine's Day I've ever had for sure. There you go. I love it. You better say that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I mean, I'm I'm sure that my like 14 year old self getting some Valentine from. I don't even, I couldn't, yeah, see, I can't even tell you who I got a Valentine from when I was 14. <laughs> um, some, some person that I'll never remember. So, um, yeah, this, this, I will never forget. I'm sure that I could be, I could have Alzheimer's and still be like, yep, Valentine's day. My kid was born. I might think that it was like yesterday, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it's uh it was a great Valentine's day and we're, yeah, we're we're actually sleeping really well, so I can't complain. I mean, not sleeping my, you know, it's it is broken up a little bit. You know, don't get me wrong. Sometimes it's it is definitely nice to be able to sleep for like a straight seven eight hours. Uh, for those of you that sleep a normal amount, a good amount of time, if you sleep for less than that, then and you don't have kids, well, then that's your own fault. But uh, <laughs> I'm sleeping for like eh, four four hour stretches or so right now. A couple of them. And, uh, and it, it works. So, um, but we have some big hockey stuff to get to. We actually, our last show was on the eighth and we did not get to talk about Tarasenko being traded to the New York Rangers. So I think we should start there just because we haven't actually hit on it yet. And then we'll move to Ryan O'Reilly going to the Toronto Maple Leafs and, uh, and then we'll move on to the, you know, the different rumors and all the things that are going on. Um, and that could happen. And then that, you know, by the time we actually put the show out will have happened and we'll just look like idiots trying to predict what's going to have already happened. So that's definitely happened to us a few times, but, um, yeah, let's talk the Tarasenko trade. What, what were your initial thoughts, Tarasenko to the New York Rangers? Yeah. Initial thoughts were, uh, I did not expect the Rangers to even be in the mix for Tarasenko. Right. I mean, um, you know, for like for most guys that are on the block, for example, like Patty Kane, right, was was the big one that you've been hearing, or, or Timo Meyer, um, right? There's always been teams where you just kind of like, okay, yeah, they're in the mix, they're in the mix, they're in the mix, and you hear all these insiders talking about the possibility of them going to this team. Um, but Tarasenko to the Rangers was not even on the radar, I think, for anybody. I was I was reading on. So when I heard this, I mean, I thought this was special just because. I don't get me wrong. I, I think Patty came to the Rangers would have been great too. And, you know, for the longest time, you, you, you know, he was like pretty much a link hand in hand to the Rangers. Just, Hey, we're just going to wait to the deadline. 
um, you know, and then just pull the plug. But I like this move one because you're not sitting around waiting. You're like, let's just go get a guy. We need a right winger. So let's go get somebody who's got proven playoff success like Patrick Kane. But I think the Rangers, right, their, their big hiccup I, I read was they were concerned about the injury uh, history with, with Patrick Kane. And, I mean, they're not really getting anybody mu- that much better, in my opinion, when it comes to that. No, but. yeah, I know that's uh, silly. I mean, of course, and as we know, uh, later, what, la- uh, two nights ago, he goes off and rattles off a hat trick against the Leafs. So right. I don't think anything is wrong with Patrick Kane right now. No, not at all. But, I mean, overall, though, I – I love this move. I think Tarasenko is still somebody who has some juice left in the tank, right? I mean, you look at, you know, w- when your team's losing, when you're not winning like, like you know, St. Louis was. I mean, they were just basically floating at 500 hockey for so long all season. I mean, when you're a guy who's very competitive and you can tell Tarasenko has, just wants to win, and he's a guy, too, that for a while with St. Louis wanted out, then, you know, they were winning games, and all of a sudden, you know, winning cures everything, so I'm cool being back in. Now I think he gets to go to a team where they've got this culture now of, you know, Stanley Cup pedigree where it's Stanley Cup or bust. And they've got good young pieces. They've got good veteran guys. They've got probably one of the best goaltenders in the world. Um, So there's all these pieces around where I think, you know, for a guy like Tarasenko who just, you know, probably just wanted to get away from St. Louis at this point. um, You know, I I think this works out great for – it's going to be great for both both teams because, one – St. Louis gets their first round pick, which I think they, you know, had to have in this deal. Um, they don't really get a, a, a good prospect. I mean, Hunter Skinner is just someone who, you know, might w- turn out to be a, a bottom pairing, bottom six kind of guy. Um, Sammy Blay is somebody who, in my opinion, is just, you know, a throwaway bottom line guy. And uh, Well, yeah, and, and they also, they went out and got uh, Nico Mikola, too, in that trade. So right. they needed some salary going the other way. Uh, for that to work, so Sammy Blaze kind of that guy, and Blaze he just was not really even finding anything on that fourth line in New York. So I, I think it was more or less like a mercy killing, uh, sending right. him to St. Louis. Who, I mean, St. Louis they're they they're probably still one of the most interesting teams in the league right now because I mean, they're they're still linked to Timo Meyer and. I mean that. I, I read that today. Yeah. Right. So I mean, it's not as if they're. This is a team that is just going to go and die. Um, this is a team that's going. You know what? Ryan O'Reilly, maybe just. Uh, well, we'll start with Tarasenko. Tarasenko was going to leave. We knew that he was going. I, I, I think at the beginning of the year, if you had talked to Ryan O'Reilly and you, you had said, "Hey, you know, we'll give you a the extension you're looking for," he would have happily stayed in St. Louis. And you know what? There is definitely, in my mind, still a chance that he goes back to St. Louis. I think he liked it there. I, I think that they like him, but they just—I mean, you—you you look at that. You look at the deal that St. Louis got for Ryan O'Reilly. Again, like you said, a first-round pick. On top of that, they got a first, a third, a first, second, and a third, um, and a couple, couple young, young-ish guys, Adam Goddett and uh, Mikhail Abramov, guys that you know they'll, they'll be depth pieces in the AHL. Could bring them up, and they can play in your bottom pair, your bottom six kind of vibe. But um, I mean, how could you turn that trade down if you're St. Louis? I mean, you're out of the playoffs. Why wouldn't you? Ryan O'Reilly doesn't have a way to stop you from making that trade. So. In my mind, even if you want to sign him, you just say, hey, like, we really like you, you know, possibly in the future, we'd love to revisit this, but 
we're going to take what we can get for you right now and go try to win another Stanley Cup. I mean, the Leafs have as good a chance as any other top team to win the Cup this year, so go see what you can do. And I think that it'll breathe new life into him, and it sure sounded like it did. But uh, And same with Tarasenko. I mean, you're looking at someone who... Uh, you're, you're just playing on a team where things aren't working anymore, right? So it just kind of gets a little bit... You get bogged down, and now they get to go. They Both players get a, a breath of fresh air. And the St. Louis Blues all of a sudden have a ton of draft capital, and they could go and trade for somebody like Timo Meyer and just say, I mean, hey, Timo Meyer at this stage of the game, he's a better player than Ryan O'Reilly. So let's bring him in, and it kind of shakes up that top six. And Tarasenko was going to be gone anyways, and maybe you bring back Ryan O'Reilly at the end of the year, and, and you're just plus a Timo Meyer, And I think they could, it could all be reworked. You could bring in another, like uh, they just need another defenseman who can, who can play back there and, and maybe kind of shake that up. But it looks like St. Louis may go the shakeup route rather than the let's tear this whole thing down vibe. Yeah. I mean, there's no point if you're St. Louis on tearing things down because listen, you still got Braden Shen under contract for a while. You just gave Thomas and Cairo extensions and you've got you know, um, you, you still got some good young pieces in there. I mean, uh, listen, if if between Pavel Buchnevich, right, you still got him signed, and you've got Brandon Sod, so you've still got some good veteran guys who can still produce. And um, you know, maybe you know, bringing a guy like Timo Meyer would be just so interesting. I think they would still have a dangerous top six, and if some of these younger guys like Neighbors and. Uh, you know, Perunovic, can, yeah. yeah, can figure it out. I, I think they've, they've got a really good shot at still being competitive for me. Right. Obviously the, you know, you look at the back end and, you know, Nick Letty being on your top pairing is, is no bueno. And Bennington's got to get it together at some point. So, um, you know, who knows, maybe they luck out this off season and can sign a, a decent backup goaltender for cheap and have somebody who can come in and, you know, give you a few more games than Thomas Grice does and a little bit better save percentage. And maybe you've got a shot. Right. So, yep. Yep. And, um, and, and the all you West, gotta do is get in. I don't know about you, but I look at the West and I go, I mean, I didn't expect Winnipeg to be where they are. I didn't expect Seattle to be where they are. I, I go, I say this is this Western conference is wide open. I mean, yeah, Dallas, Dallas looked good at the end of the year last year. Did I expect them to win the central division? No. Uh, I expected Colorado to be right there. And, and, and to their credit, Colorado's been rolling and maybe by the end of this Colorado is still this top seed in the uh in the central but I mean the the west just appears to to be more open than the eastern conference like the eastern conference there's still some some big teams you got to go through I mean you look at how long Ottawa and Buffalo Detroit I mean these teams have been trying to squeeze their way th- into the playoffs and usually you know you get those those teams that are able to kind of move their way through and like, Oh, this one random year they made the playoffs, but man, the Eastern conference is just so top heavy. It's tough to, to knock one of those guys out. I know New Jersey is seemingly doing that right now. Uh, but New Jersey, we've been waiting for them to do this for four years. Right. (laughs) So, so it's not, this is more like, well, finally New Jersey's competitive. I mean, they should have been competitive earlier. Whereas I think, with Buffalo, Detroit, and Ottawa, this was sort of that like, hey, maybe they'll actually be competitive this year, and they have been. So, um, I, I mean, the Eastern Conference is certainly more top heavy than the West in my mind, but I, I think 
if you're the, in the Western Conference and you're St. Louis, you go, I mean, yeah, we're we're out of it. St. Louis is not making the playoffs this year. But don't like would I be surprised if St. Louis kind of changes a few things up and next year they come back and they're competitive for a playoff spot? Absolutely not. Uh, especially if they do something with their goaltending. So I, I think St. Louis is in this interesting retool, kind of flip, flip-flop out a couple guys and see if they can't make this into something else. And, and you know, that may be that Craig Berube needs to go. Um, sure. That, that would be my next, you know, is this a, is this one of those things where, yeah, I mean, he was great. They, they won the Stanley Cup, and he had several good years following that Stanley Cup run. I mean, they won playoff rounds, and they were very competitive. Uh, but do they have the team that he needs to be able to be a successful coach anymore? I would venture to say no, um, that, that what they just traded away in O'Reilly and Tarasenko was the old blues. I mean, they only have five players left over, I think from that Stanley cup winning team. So now you start to look at it and you go, I mean, you gotta wonder, you gotta see what, what has Craig Berube been able to do with this group? And, and that's, that's where I think, you know, maybe that's the next strata to kind of go chop, chop is, are they going to fire him this year? I don't think so. But next year, let's say there's another slow start. I think you definitely see Craig Brube on the, on the block. Yeah. I mean, you look at right last year, their big, their big issue was five on five play. Right. And so you think this season, right. We're going to go correct that. They go and get Nick Letty. And, you know, again, the off season, you just kind of look at that and like, yeah, that's a questionable move. Uh, Nick Letty's not bad, but he's not, you know, a top four guy good. anymore, in my opinion. <laughs> he's not so. bad, but he's not good. Like, you know, good in the sense that is he going to really make a huge impact in your top? He's not turning the needle, right? Yeah. No. Uh, but, again, their their five-on-five play this year has been terrible. They are sixth worst in the NHL as far as goals against five-on-five. And when it comes to goal differential five-on-five, they're eighth worst in the NHL. I mean, they're down there with teams like Chicago, Anaheim, Ottawa, Arizona. Montreal so that kind of play is not going to get you very far in the NHL and so yeah I mean right maybe a coaching change is where they need to go because you know you can only swap out so much player personnel without saying you know what we're just going into a full rebuild rebuild at this point and so you know when you when you jettison guys like you know Ryan O'Reilly Vladimir Tarasenko and maybe you go out and you you spend one of those first round draft picks and and some prospects some other capital to to bring in Timo Meyer. You know, I you know, goaltending again has a big thing to do with this. But you know, at some point, you got to just be like, well, the easier thing to do would be to just bring in a new head coach and see if we can't shake things up a little bit. So. Yeah, I mean, it, right now it's it's pretty clear that letting David Perron walk was a really short sighted decision for the Blues. I mean, David right. Perron was just so important to their power play, and uh, he was he was a, a big part of that team, and now. You're kind of seeing. I mean, since then they've basically had to trade away all the rest of their uh, those those pieces that were a part of that cup winning team, and I think that that was probably maybe the most like underrated no move by a team was the Blues not re-signing David Perron. He wanted to sign there, and and he didn't, and that has that has really hurt the St. Louis Blues, and you you can see it. Their power plays dropped to 17th in the league, 21.5%. And that is, uh, I mean, when you play the way that you play five on five, 
you have to be a lot better in your special teams like the Blues were last year where they were 24.8%. Right. And and that's just a, you know, you're talking about a lot more goals uh, in in the course of a regular season on a, like a 4% more. I mean, that's four goals for every 100 power plays. So, you know, maybe those 8 to 10 extra goals in a year, I mean, that can be the difference of 8 to 10 wins sometimes. So right. that, and guess that, what? The the Red Wings power play went from 26 to 15th in the league up 5% this year. Yep. Yep. What are the odds of that? And and that is I think exactly what Steve Eiserman was expecting that David Perron who's the who really is a power play specialist coming in and and really changing that group and uh and the way they do things and their their mindset, their approach because he he definitely certainly always had in his career this kind of like a well like I'm not going to shoot that puck. That's dumb. Uh always always seemed to be a more cerebral player where you know you're you're not going to go right to the uh, Michael Scott Wayne Gretzky quote, you know, when <laughs> you, you, you miss 100% of the shots you don't shoot. Well, yes, that's true, but you also don't score when you shoot it right into the goalie's chest. Um no goalie's has has ribs separated that large where it's going through them. So I I think you need somebody like that, especially on a young team in Detroit, where you don't want you want to have somebody who can calm down that power play and uh, and and say you know no we're gonna like pass it off pass it off even yep that seems like it would be it seems like a you know if you can make a sweet shot it'll be a sweet goal no no pass it off and look for that look for that play that has the high percentage and I mean that that is just. David Perron all the way and I think that that's why Detroit's power play is so good and uh, frankly why St. Louis has dropped off a little bit and yeah. I think St. Louis is, is going to drop off even more <laughs> because okay. no, no Tarasenko you're you know you're losing that one player that a lot of teams are going to kind of shift towards when they're on the power play yeah and Ryan O'Reilly too I mean there's another guy sure. leading the second unit there so when you don't have that that good second unit it's just yeah, at the very least, he's going to piss you off in front of them. Right? <laughs> right. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's exactly it. They Toronto stuck him on their power play uh, in that first game against Montreal, and he was he was doing just that, just standing in front of the net, just kind of making life miserable for, for uh, uh, Jake Allen in there. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, well, let's actually get to that trade since we, you know, we haven't really broken it down uh, to its smaller pieces. I mean, I know there's, you know, there's lots of money going everywhere. Uh, Minnesota was the third team involved. They get a fourth round pick from Toronto to take 1.875 million. St. Louis eats the other half of uh, Ryan O'Reilly's deal, and they get Gaudet, Abramov, and then a first, second, and a third. Uh, the first and the third in 2023, the and the 2024 pick is the second round pick. So, uh, and the Leafs also get Nolachari, which. I think was a, a really underrated toss in there for the Leafs because you know the Leafs the Leafs bottom six has not been a huge threat to score and I think that Nolachari is a I mean he for a, a bottom six guy he's somebody that you can't just completely write off me as ten goals so far this year he already has one for the Leafs uh, and and I think that that's something that the Leafs have lacked I think I've said it here on the show that earlier in the year just looking at them. You're like, yeah, I mean, you guys, you know, there's there's the ability to go and make a play, but nobody nobody can shoot. Nobody's really 
a threat to score. It was more or less, well, just keep them pinned down in their own zone and just kind of cycle it around and then let our big guns come out and score. And I think that that's fine in the regular season for a while, but you really need a bottom six that can score in the playoffs. And Nolachari has been in the playoffs. I mean, he's gone on some long runs with the Boston Bruins and he, I mean, he didn't do, he didn't do anything for Florida last year in the play or the last three years in the playoffs. He has zero points. Uh, so hopefully he can figure it out in the playoffs, but, uh, so far in the regular season this year, you're seeing someone who is putting the puck in the net and that's what the Leafs need from that bottom six. Yeah. Right. I mean, they, they got a guy with experience, right? You talked about those two deep runs from, you know, Boston who oddly enough, they Boston lost to St. Louis where Noel Cherry ended up going and, um, you know, a couple of years later. And so, um, you know, yeah, I think once you get, you know, come playoff time, he's, he's sandpaper. He's, a guy who has speed, he can grind it out, and he'll chip in every once in a while. And, you know, look, we, we saw, you know, Wayne Simmons get put on waivers. And to be quite honest with you, if, if you had to choose between Nola Chari and Wayne Simmons, oh, I'm going to take a Chari all day. All day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's it's an easy deci- decision. And if anything, you know, granted, your bottom six is better than it was yesterday before you made this trade. And so, uh, you know, again, regardless how much you know, you think Nolachar is going to move the needle on that bottom six. The point is, is it's better than it was with Wayne Simmons or, you know, anybody else, you know, prior to this deal. So, um, you know, I think it's a good ad. It's a good depth piece. And so if anything, you know, I would, I wouldn't be surprised really, you know, when, when you talk about that bottom six, if Toronto still isn't done, I mean, they've still got a little bit of cap space. They've got about 4 million bucks they can play with. So honestly, if, if this is a year where, you know, again, they're willing to go all in, um, you know, I mean, granted, you look over the next, you know, this season and the next two after this, they've only got four picks in the first three rounds. But, um, you know, if you want to get those bottom six guys, maybe you deal a prospect. You've still got your fifth, sixth rounders, a seventh round pick. You can make some some smart moves, bring in some low key guys who can, you know, just quietly chip in and and, you know, really complement your bottom six. Well, and, you know, who knows, maybe at some point, right, they move Ryan O'Reilly down to that third line and. Uh, take him off that line with Tavares and, and Marner. And, you know, who knows? Maybe he rejuvenates some other guys down there, too, like, you know, a Carly Young, Crocker, you know, uh, David Kampf. Who knows? Maybe he he stirs up a little something-something down there for those guys. Yeah, it looks like he's going to be playing with uh, with Marner and Tavares, which is which is a pretty fun line. Uh, Cal, I mean, uh, with Cali Arncroak, uh, he's, I mean, he's probably having his – best season of his entire career. So I don't think that he's, he's got 27 points in 50 games. The most points he's ever, ever had is 35 um, in 68 with the predators. So it looks like Callie Arncroke should uh, by all estimations, um, he should exceed his career high for probably goals and assists. His high career high for goals is 16. Uh, he's got 12 right now. So, uh, Callie Earncroke definitely, I mean, he's been the one bright spot of that bottom six. Uh, now I know he's, he did some of his, a lot of his, his damage he did as he moved up in the lineup and he may not have that anymore, but it, I, I mean, then you look at, you know, do you want to have Marner, Tavares and O'Reilly together all the time? Probably not. You'd probably prefer to have O'Reilly playing down in the lineup with someone like Yarncroke or, uh, uh, I mean, David Kampf is likely going to play that fourth line center now because 
O'Reilly's going to be taking the center, most of those uh, third line center stuff. But you've got pairing wall in there. And, and Alex Kerfoot has not, he's really been the one guy who has not been as great this year. Uh, 26, I mean, 26 points in 57 games. He's still on pace for a 35 point season. But after last year, putting up 51 points, um, I think that the expectations for him are really high. And you, you know, you hope to see more production from that the bottom uh, it'll just depend because it's, it's all about the playoffs at this point. I mean, we know like the Leafs are making the playoffs. That's not an issue. Uh, it's going to be all about the playoffs and how you match up and sure. looks like the Leafs are playing the Tampa Bay lightning. Uh, it's going to be hard. It to sure. Find, looks like it hard to find a world in which that that doesn't happen. Uh, so I got to imagine that that was why they said we want like we have to go out and get Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, they obviously have, they they saw something in last year's playoff race where they said we need to have someone like O'Reilly in here and not going out and getting a Patrick Kane or uh, any of the other like a Timo Meyer who the Leafs were rumored to be one of the teams stirring around there too. I think they there's something specific that they wanted in Ryan O'Reilly and we'll see if it pays off. We'll see if he can. I, I you know he was good in the in the like. He was buzzing around doing his his thing, but we'll see if he has the foot speed to really keep up with Marner, which I think is the that's you know, that's always been kind of the like. Well, if you can't keep up with Marner, it's going to be tough. Like he's just so fast and is going to make fast decisions. Does Ryan O'Reilly have that ability in him, or is it better for him to go down, play on that third line, be more of a defensive specialist, and kind of drive like? Something different where, you know, maybe Kerfoot, Ingvall, they're not really like energy guys in the sense that they're not going to go blow anyone up, but Ryan O'Reilly certainly could. And uh, maybe that's where you kind of get your your infusion of life into the bottom six. But at the same time, is it not hard to, to justify, like to say, well, you gave up a first, second, and a third for a guy. Are you really going to play him in your bottom six? Like, you couldn't have gone and gotten a different bottom six player if you were going to play him down there? No. The thing I like for this, though, is he gives you that option to put him on the bottom six, right? I mean, when you we talked about Tampa, right? That's the, that's the team that, you know, the, the Maple Leafs are going to have to face in the first round. You know, regardless how the season plays out, it's happening. Um, and the one thing that's always made Tampa successful in the playoffs has been their ability to have a great third line so they can have – an amazing top nine to roll out. And so, um, you know, again, we don't know if Tampa Bay is going to hold pat with what they've got, or if they're going to pull out some, some Not trickery like they always do. Not a chance. Right? I mean, Timo Meyer will go to Tampa somehow. <laughs> they're going to make, yeah. What's the limit on the amount of teams that can eat half a salary you can trade them <laughs> to, right? So he's going to get dealt five times. Yeah, they have no first uh, or a second this next draft and no first the following draft. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, who knows? I, I honestly don't think they're going to make a big splash, but they might bring in somebody who can come in and play on that bottom six. That wouldn't wouldn't surprise me, right? They just they move out a guy, you know, who's who's making, you know, 1.5 or whatever. Like, you know, maybe they, they shift out a, gosh, a Nemestikov, right? Send him out, his 2.5, and they create a little space, bring in a, another bottom six guy. But, um, you know, again, with Ryan O'Reilly, right, you can put him in your top six, whereas – which is where I think he probably belongs for most of the season because I, I want to see him get his foot speed back. I want to see him really produce offensively. But at the same time, when you when you face up against a team like um, you know Tampa Bay that's got an amazing you know top top nine 
right? So if you got to go Nick Paul on that third line there, uh, who's, again, he's like Ryan O'Reilly to me. He's a poor man's Ryan O'Reilly. He's not as fast, uh, but he can chip in offensively, and he's very he's got a good hockey IQ at both ends of the ice. So Ryan O'Reilly to me is some guy you can, you know, put out there at times against that third line and feel secure about this, you know, this third line for the Maple Leafs matching up against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, I I I don't disagree. I think it's 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 one of those, you know, it's almost like when the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox are like, we're going to play each other. We're like, we got to find this guy matches up great with the Yankees. Let's go get him. Or like, this guy is great against this pitcher. We're going to go get him. I mean, that's just, that's what you got to do at this point. I, it, it reminds me of when the Leafs were playing Ottawa every year and, and you saw, you saw how the, the Leafs always just went, well, we need to be good in the playoffs. We're just going to build ourselves for the playoffs. They stopped worrying about the regular season and they'd finish like seventh in the regular season. And then just, be a very good playoff team, not quite the the Stanley Cup winning team because God knows no one could beat New Jersey back then. Uh, <laughs> but they, whereas Ottawa was always that high flying team in the regular season, and they were just they were fantastic. And then the playoffs would come, and you could bog it down. But I, I don't know if it's that way, the same way anymore. Like you can't just. Yes, it is a different season. Yes, guys play harder. The rules, however, don't change the way that they used to in the playoffs. Like you still can't, you're not all of a sudden getting away with everything because it's the playoffs. I just think that guys are more willing to block shots and they, the, the intensity goes up. So it does change this. It changes the game, but I, I think that it's a little different now where you can't just like, well, let's, you know, let's go into the playoffs. We're going to bog everything down and we're going to just, hold your stick the entire time so you can't get anywhere kind of thing i just remember this is this will date me shane corson uh shadowing alexi yashin and it was so funny it was like a basketball player on another you know like just foot for foot he would just follow him around in his face just kind of getting in his way (laughs) like you would playing basketball trying to cover someone one-on-one or or in football covering someone one-on-one and uh i've never really seen any anything like it since then it was a very interesting defensive strategy but uh they shut them down i think they swept them in that series so it worked but uh never mind i i, I digress i don't need to 20 <laughs> 22 years ago hockey but uh i i think now you're just both these teams are going to do everything they can to match up against each other because really if you think you go i mean whoever gets out of that first round yeah you're going to play boston right like it's not as if it's a Oh sweet, we got past each other and now we're good. No, you're gonna have to go play Boston now. I really think that both Tampa and Toronto match up pretty well with Boston. So I I gotta think you're looking at it going, if we can get past this first round, we've got a chance at the cup. So why wouldn't we build our team to kind of be competitive against the other team and, and maybe find an edge? And I obviously Dubas and the Leafs see something in Ryan O'Reilly and, and Noel Achari to a lesser extent that are going to help them do what they a haven't been able smite. to do. And that's get out of the first round. What was that? I, the guy's got a con smite. I mean, he, he knows what yes. it takes to win. Yes. And Tampa Bay has, has Plenty a, of that too. <laughs> a couple of those guys, but they, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, okay. Let's, should we, uh, I, I, Oh, here, I want to get your thoughts here on, uh, just, who do you think wins that trade? Is it oh, the Ryan O'Reilly trade or the Leafs? Yes. 
Well, I mean, in the short term, I, I think it's it's the Maple Leafs that win this trade. Um, I know, you know, a lot of people are going to come out and say they overpaid, but but honestly, until you see the fruit of your, you know, those picks, basically, till you see what they develop into, it's very easy to point at, at Ryan O'Reilly and say that the Maple Leafs won this trade, right? And so um, if Ryan O'Reilly can give them solid production in the playoffs and, um, you know, elevate their game a little bit more, now whether or not, Toronto gets out of the first round, I think, is a moot point. I think for, you know, Ryan O'Reilly, if he's producing, if he's doing everything you wanted him to do, um, then, yeah, then you, you've clearly won that trade. And obviously, I think, you know, if Toronto can't get out of the first round at this point, it would be because guys like Matthews or Tavares just aren't really producing either, right? They're yeah, not doing not, their job. So it's not because um, of, uh, of Ryan O'Reilly, most likely. Right, yeah. So as long as they can show up and the Maple Leafs can get some decent Which, goaltending. I mean, I mean, let's let's be honest here. I, I I wouldn't go as far to say that any of the years that the Leafs lost in the first round, outside of maybe that the seventeen eighteen year, I think where they lost to Boston, where Matthews only had two points. I mean, Matthews had four goals and five assists in seven games last year. Uh, he did everything that he, like he had nine points. What are you gonna? What do you want from the guy? <laughs> right. Know? No, absolutely. Yeah. So he's showing up. And, it, you know, if you can get close to that kind of production out of these guys again, I think Toronto's got a really good shot of getting past the first round. So, um, you know, to me, from a Toronto Maple Leafs perspective, that's a win for this trade, right? So if Ryan O'Reilly shows up and gives you a little bit of production um, and really does everything right at both ends of the ice, it's it's a win for Toronto. So, um, But long term, we'll see, right? St. Louis might end up finding a gem. Uh, you know, say Toronto misses out on the first round and they end up, you know, this ends up being like a number 18, 19 overall pick. And, uh, you know, St. Louis can, you know, find a, a hidden gem, you know, that late because this is going to be a deep draft this year. So maybe they find somebody that turns out to be a really quality top six guy. Um, well, then we might be singing a different tune at this point. But Yeah, I think the highest this pick can would probably be, let's, let's say that if the Leafs finish uh, where they are right now, I don't like right now they're fourth in the NHL. Even if they were to lose in the first round, uh, it's likely that that pick would still be somewhere in the like 22, 23 kind of range. So, I mean, you're still getting a pick in the, in the, at work at best, I guess the low twenties. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, if you're Toronto, I don't think you care. Like you have to make some kind of move. You had to. Move, you were going to move your first round pick. You knew they were going to. Like, how are you going to go hold on to that first round pick right now when you? Yeah, you, I don't you think you can sit still if you're Toronto, right? You no. have to do something, especially with all this cap space created by Jake Muzzin's LTIR, right? Um, you know, salary going off the books. So and I don't know have- if you saw it was. I I think right either like right around the time that we did our last show. So I think we missed it. Uh, Dubas did come out, and I believe it was Dubas, and he said that, you know, we're going to find out more in about two weeks with Muzzin. So it's probably this week that they're going to find out more. But he did say that essentially he'd be shocked if Muzzin ever plays again. Okay. So yeah. Jake Muzzin, for all intents and purposes, is, I mean, he's around the team because he can be, but he is likely, he you know, he's not going to ever, he's not going to retire for four years because he's going to, uh, do the Leafs a solid and, you know, stay on LTIR or sorry, two years. He's got two years left on his deal. So I'm he'll, sure he wants to collect that check too. He'll get so. that check. Yep. The 5.625. So I, I think you know, you're looking at it like Jake Muzzin's gone and, and that is a cap hit that you're going to 
that'll open up some things. Uh, the other thing you got to remember too with the Leafs, they are going to get Nicholas Robertson back, who looked really good. Uh, he was just kind of starting to, to find his footings there with uh, with the Leafs, and uh, I think you add him into the mix. I mean, this forward group is there, there's a lot of bodies in here. <laughs> you know, when you add no, Achari and Ryan O'Reilly and don't trade anyone off your your uh, your roster, I mean, you're talking about like Joey Anderson and Aston Reese, and I mean, those guys are going to kind of be circling in and out of the lineup, I think, because because of Achari coming in and, and taking one of those spots in the bottom six. And, you know, it's great for the playoffs. It gives you depth. I mean, you're never going to complain having an Ast- Zach Aston Reese come off your, you know, if, if, if he has to kind of ride the pine for a little while and sit up in the press box and then uh, comes out of there and is able to play in the playoffs. I mean, you're not mad about having someone like that as a, a depth player. But the Leafs have some, you know, decent guys coming too off of off of injury. Yeah. So, and if Nick Nick Robertson comes back, you have him on the third line with Ryan O'Reilly and and Yarn Kroc. I think that's a a great third line yeah. to have. Yeah. Um, so you know, who knows? Maybe that's maybe that's the key for Toronto this year, right? They they finally have a solid third line that's that's going to compete and really contribute, like you know we've seen in in Tampa Bay for so many years. Yeah. Uh, one other thing I wanted to uh, to get. I, we want to talk some of the, you know, some of the potential trades out there. Um, I think probably the biggest one is either Timo Meyer or Patrick Kane, where Patrick Kane, we kind of thought was like, well, is he really going to go? We're not sure now. Uh, I think that after that hat trick against the Leafs and five goals in two games, I think he's pissed off. And I think he's showing everybody that he's, he's still got it. He's, he's going to be a valuable asset to whatever team goes out and scoops him up. Now that the Rangers are likely not going to be that team, the Leafs are not going to be that team, who are you looking at? Because I think Timo Meyer, lots of links to New Jersey. The Islanders already went out and got Horvat, so I don't think that they're a destination anymore. I'm really curious as to where, where a Patrick Kane could end up. Yeah, I've got two teams in mind, um, and you know they're pretty much teams I think that a lot of other people have been talking about. But you know, one is the Dallas Stars. Um, I think they're a team that could really benefit from a middle six winger to come in. Um, obviously, Patty Kane would, would probably slot in on that second line. Um, you know, between yeah, you're not Sagan splitting and, up that top line, but yeah. No, no, not, not a chance in hell. I mean, they'll they'll ride that top line out like Boston did with with Pasta and Marchand and Bergeron for so long. Um, but you know, to me, I think this is this is a guy who could come in and play with Tyler Sagan and you know maybe. Uh, you know, gosh, I don't know. You, you put maybe, you know, uh, Delandria on the other wing, who knows? But, um, I think, you know, there's, there's options there in Dallas. I think, you know, they've got a little bit of space to work with. They've got 2.5 million in, in deadline space and maybe you move somebody out. Um, you know, not really sure who goes, um, and who stays, but yeah, you um, can make it work. Yeah. That's their problem to figure out. Right. Maybe somehow they, they get rid of Mason Marshman at this point who has a no move clause, but, <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it, so. yeah, he's such an interesting. You know, he he was. I mean, he's he's doing fine. I think he's 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 doing kind of what, uh, probably more so where he actually will generally slot. You know, he's got twenty four sure. points in fifty seven games. He's probably probably at his best a forty point guy. And yeah, yeah and, he, and maybe Patty Kane brings the best out of him. Right? Sure, sure. 
And I mean, he was he was playing in a little bit like a lot different of a system in Florida, where offense was definitely um, they had much more of a trigger finger than Dallas does. Um, so uh, there there is that, and and also I mean, it's the first year in a in a certain system. I mean, next year he could be a 50, 55 point guy, no problem. Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. It could work out. So so to me, Dallas is is a big you know big team that I think could could use a guy like that because. You know them sitting at the top of the division right now. I think they're they're poised to make a big splash in the deadline and really say, hey, you know what, we're we're a legit team, we're a legit contender. And as long as uh, you know Joe Pa is you know father beating out Father Time here, he's the next Tom Brady, in my opinion. Uh, right. You know who knows? Um, they, I mean, they could they minus could make the a deep champion, run. minus the championships. So. Right, right, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Dallas does uh, not have a first or a third in this year's draft, so um, they are. You know, there's no 2023 first round pick to to deal there. Uh, that could be, you know, a, to their detriment if another team, you know, is willing to give up that 2023 pick. Uh, yeah, but you got to think though. Patty Kane gets to pretty much choose where he wants to go at this point. And you know, I think if you're Chicago, right? If if Patty Kane comes out and says, "Hey, you know what? It's this team or this team," and maybe Dallas is one of those, and you know, you, you try to look for the best deal that you can get. And, you know, if, if it is only Dallas, maybe he says, I'm only going to Dallas at this point. Uh, you know, maybe you got to settle for a 2025 first rounder or something instead. So, and if uh, you're Chicago rebuilding, I mean, you take what you can get at this point. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I was trying to think like, when's the last time the Dallas stars made a big trade um, at the deadline? Uh, I, you question. have to kind of go back to 2019, which I believe 20 is 2019 the year that they went to the um, to the final Stanley Cup final. It was the yeah. bubble, right? That first bubble year. Uh, so yeah, that year they they got and they they actually did all this before COVID hit in 2019. Oh oh no, this is 2019. I'm sorry. So this is before the bubble. Yeah. So in 2019, they traded for Jamie Alexiak, uh, Ben Lovejoy. And Matt Zuccarello at just before the deadline. So that those were right. their their three, uh, and they also got uh, Andrew Cogliano at the deadline. So th- that was the last time that I can really see. Well, like they're making some big moves at the deadline. They didn't really do much uh, last year at the deadline. They got you know they got Scott Wedgwood. They got Nemesnikov last year from the Red Wings. Not really anything that made much of a difference nor was it anything that we thought would make much of a difference so you know you have to look back to 2019 for the last time the stars kind of went all right let's give up some assets i mean and in that year they gave up a fourth a third connor carrick and then a second and a third round pick for uh the second and the third round pick for matt zuccarello that's a pretty good deal i and matt zuccarello i if i remember right did he play pretty well for them that year in 2019 for the stars oh he got hurt that's right he only played two games in the regular season 11 he had three points, points. Still in the playoffs 11 points in 13 games yeah he had a, that was a, a solid little deal for a second and a third round pick uh, but anyways that's that was just crossed my mind thinking you know the dallas stars are so good they've been a very good team uh over the last five years they've, they've been always competitive um give or take a year or so but you you look at them now and you go, man, how is this team not in the mix for one of these big name players? Like the the stars legitimately could win the Stanley Cup, and so yeah, they've I, got the goaltending, they've got yeah. the top line to do it, and 
They've got the they've got the horses on defense. I mean this this team uh-huh. is built to win the Stanley Cup, and you you'd think that it would be worth dealing a first round pick. I mean they traded a first round pick for uh, for Nils Lundqvist with the Rangers. That was that that deal for uh, Rangers prospect there, and uh, you know he's he's been fine, but uh, as a defenseman for them. Uh, but you got to think, yeah, the stars have just been always missing that like little bit of depth scoring. So where is it coming from this year? And that's yeah, and in my opinion too, right? You've got Jake Ottinger at four million bucks for this year and two more seasons, and you've got Joe Pa resigned for another season at three point five. Like if there's a time to make a move, it's this season or next. So let's go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because next year, uh, Rupe Hints goes to eight point four five. So that's uh, that's definitely a, a big increase. You're going to have to. You got Garyanov as an RFA. Uh, you know, there's there's some guys you're going to have to resign, but they're they're in a very good cap position. But certainly, and and certainly, Joe Pa helps that a lot <laughs> when you have right. a guy who's like, I've got enough money. I'll just I'll sign for for significantly less as a basically a point per game player. So, uh, but yeah, I, I I hope the Stars do something. I, I hope that they make a run in that that Western conference. I mean, the, the heck of it would be if, you know, you find yourself in a situation where, which it doesn't look like that's going to happen anymore, but it was for a little while we were like, is Colorado going to be that bottom wild card and, and the top teams going to have to play Colorado in the first round. Uh, but now it looks like, you know, it's going to be uh it may be a three headed race for the top of that central now with Colorado really booming and, uh, Winnipeg and Dallas have kind of slowed down a little bit here, so we'll see what happens. And Landis Cog, I believe, has started to skate, so that's a huge boost for the Avalanche. They're only going to the Avalanche are going to still be the favorites for the Stanley Cup because they've been injured all year and they've somehow still managed to navigate a very good division. Right, and you think too, if you're Dallas, right? Colorado doesn't have that threat at that second line center position like they did with Kadri. So if you're if you're looking at a year where you're like, man, you know what, this team is beatable, we could do this, right? I mean, Winnipeg to me is they're Till gonna they go be, and get Team Omeyer. Well, yeah, <laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> but look, you've got Seattle at the other end, right? So Seattle, Los Angeles, right? These are teams that are, to me are competitive, but maybe not scary. Uh, wild card spot, you've got Minnesota, Edmonton, Calgary battling it out for a couple spots there. And again, those teams aren't super scary for me either. I mean, yes, Edmonton getting in would be you know, could be scary, but, um, you know, yeah, yeah, you're right. With Seattle and LA, you look at both those teams and you go, yeah, like I get it's, it's cute that you guys are scoring a lot of goals right now, but come playoff time, this, this is going to dry up. Right. And and, and if you're Dallas, you, you've got, I mean, almost the easiest path probably you could have had in in the last couple of years to where, why not take advantage of this? Right. Because I think next year, you know, Edmonton's either got to get their shit together or there's going to be, something going on there. I, I would imagine There's, Connor McDavid's just going to, you know, I don't know how long he's going to stand for that. And yeah. Calgary, I, I have to imagine it's going to figure their shit out. There's a pretty point. good chance here that Calgary and Dallas play each other again in the first round. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you remember last year we were like, ah, oh, there's no way Dallas beats Calgary, which they didn't. But, uh, I think this year it'd be flip flopped. <laughs> There's right. no way Calgary's going to beat Dallas. Uh, their 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 young players have improved tremendously from last season. I mean, they went from having really good, nice young players to having absolute superstars who 
we don't care how old they are. We just care the fact that they are, you know, suddenly they've got a few guys who are in the top 20 of the, the NHL in terms of talent and they're just ripping it up, playing all together. So that's a, a huge advantage. So yeah, the stars on top of all this, the fact that Jake Ottinger is having the season that he's having, and I know he hasn't played quite as well as of late, but he's clearly capable of having a great playoff series. He can steal a steal an entire series. He almost did it against Calgary last year. Right. So, yeah. We know what he can do. Yes. Um, I want to hear your thoughts on Timo Meyer. Where do you think he's going? Well, really quick, I, I, I oh. didn't fully answer your question when you asked for two teams. I only gave you one. Ah, um, so we'll Arcade. skip over this. Yeah, we'll, we'll skip past this second team pretty quick. But my second team is the Vegas Golden Knights uh, okay, with yeah. Mark Stone Mid-Mark going on Stone. LTIR. Yeah, I think there's Yeah, they could just take there. his contract. They don't even need Chicago to eat half of it. <laughs> <laughs> right, they could or, eat the yeah, whole thing. Yeah. Chicago's, I'm sure, planning on eating half that. And, uh, yeah, yeah. But, but they don't need a third team. And that is a huge advantage. I mean, that's just... If you don't need that third team, you don't need to talk to anybody else, and that's, that's got to be an advantage. And Vegas does have a 2023 first-round pick, so something that a lot of these other top teams don't have right now, and that could be uh, maybe maybe the, the cincher for them. Right, and the fact that maybe, you know, again, a couple American-born guys, if you're Patty Kane, you can say, I get to go play with Jack Eichel, right? Because that's uh, who needs a winger more than anybody else, I think. And, yeah. Well, and that was, that was, you know, when you brought up the Dallas stars, that's, I thought of that same thing too, was, oh, well, you get to go play with, with Joe Pa, who is just Mr. USA in a lot of ways, you know, and they've played together on that team USA team. Jason Robertson is a team USA guy. I mean, you've got a lot of, uh, is Mason Marchment? No, he's, he's Ontario guy. So, but Yeah. yeah, I, you look at those connections and you go, all right, like who knows each other? I mean, that is definitely a thing. So I think there's, there's something to be said there. Those two, two teams are good picks. And uh, by the way, Jake Ottinger is a Minnesota kid. So there's uh, nice. your goalies, the American as well. So, um, okay. To Timo Meyer. Uh, I know New Jersey's kind of been that team who's been talked about maybe the most um, in some respects. I, I, I find it odd because I do think that New Jersey's, center position is pretty strong uh and where whereas i think that they could probably use a patrick kane more than timo meyer but uh timo meyer is in a different position i mean he's a he's an rfa at the end of the year they can have him for longer than just you know three months what are your thoughts on timo meyer and the new jersey devils or someone else yeah so i mean really timo meyer in new jersey seems like the perfect fit just because um, you know, one, I think any team trying to acquire him, you know, if they bring him in as a rental, that's great. But I think honestly, you know, San Jose is going to be trying to, to maximize their capital or their return on investment and, and try to find somebody who can uh, sign him long term. Right. Whether it's a sign and trade or whether it's just a straight up deal. And then they, you know, the, the trading team can figure it out later because um, New Jersey is a team that when you look, I mean, really. Their forward group right now, they don't have anybody outside of Palat, Heischer, and Hughes signed beyond this season. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Merce, Mercer as well. But, um, yeah, and for the forward groups, that's it. And so, you know, you've got roughly $37 million in cap space for next season. And, and yes, Jesper Bratt, you've got to sign him to a big deal. And really outside of that, no one else needs a lot of money. So you can afford to give Timo Meyer, you know, the big contract I'm sure he's probably expecting – uh, whether it's seven, eight million bucks on a seven, eight million or seven, eight year deal. So 
Um, you know, to me, I think New Jersey makes perfect sense from that standpoint. And plus, getting another winger, somebody to play on the wing with Jack Hughes or Nico Heischer, I think, again, there's that Swiss connection with Heischer and, and, and Meyer. I think there, there's something to be said for that, right? For, you know, the longest time we, we talked about Russians in Miami with Bobrovsky and Barkov. And so, to me, this is, you know, an, another, you know, Swiss connection that, that could make a lot of sense and, and help feel, you know, help Timo Meyer feel a little bit more welcomed into the franchise. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it does, you know, hey, it makes all the, all the sense in the world from a, uh, you want a win standpoint, go out and get the best player available at the deadline, who is probably Timo Meyer, um, and somebody who lets you not just keep them this year, but next. Uh, and New Jersey has certainly a lot of, a lot of capital to trade. They haven't been in this position. They've got all their picks other than a third round pick, uh, that they traded away, uh, last year when they got, oh, Tyson, uh, John Marino with the Pittsburgh Penguins. So, I mean, they, they have everything that they could need to be able to acquire, uh, frankly, any player that they want if they're willing to give up the assets because they have the assets. So uh, it'll be interesting to see because the Devils are absolutely in a position to win here. I mean, you know, Devils, Rangers, I mean, I think probably most people are picking the Rangers, but I don't think there's a world in which the Devils couldn't win. I mean, their offense has been very good and the Rangers offense has been much better as of the last 20 games. But uh, last year in the playoffs, we saw them slow down at times. So I, I think there is a chance the Devils' speed could overtake the Rangers there. Uh, boy, what a series that one is shaping up to be. It sure looks like that's going to be what we what we end up seeing. A, a New Jersey, New York final uh, first round, which is very exciting. I'm excited for that one. Um, and if New Jersey happens to, you know, jump, jump Carolina or something, then whatever we get, maybe uh, New York Islanders, New Jersey Devils, or New York Islanders, New York Rangers. You know, there's there's lots of possibilities. So that's that Metro Division is going to have some very big rivalry matchup. Uh, probably two New York teams playing each other in the first round, which is an exciting prospect. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. And you know what? I mean, don't get me wrong. It's, you know, it, it almost seems like, you know, hey, it's going to be the Devils. It's going to be the Rangers there. But, you know, I, I'm i with you. I keep an eye because I, I think it's it's more than possible. Carolina could, could falter at some point and Rangers in New Jersey could leapfrog either one of them. I mean, heck, I mean, they've, they've all been playing really great in their last 10. So it's it's totally possible that, you know, one, all, all you need is one team slipping up just a little bit and uh, the, yep. the tides turn a little bit. So, um, but if, if, if we do get a Jersey Rangers, uh, you know, playoff series, I mean, you just have to watch that, that young Ford group for the, the, the devils who play so fast versus that young defense uh, for the Rangers who, in my mind, you know, outside of Adam Fox, the rest of the defense might be a little suspect. So, um, you know, because all it takes is Jacob Truba doing something stupid, another stupid hit, and then he's suspended, and then next thing you know, you're relying on you know Keandre Miller and and Brendan you know Schneider to to carry the load on that back end outside of Fox, and that's just a recipe for disaster in my opinion. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Any team that you think is going to—I'll shift gears here a little bit. Uh, going to defense because we haven't talked any defensemen being traded, and I think the biggest one out there is Matt Dumba. It's almost a certainty that he's going to go. Uh, any team that you look at and go yep that's dumbest spot 
Oh, I don't know if there's any one particular team. I mean, there's a bunch of teams that could use some quality defensemen. I feel like every um, team could use a Mad Dumba. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right now, I think Boston was going to be a front runner for for another defenseman, and I think right now, uh, you know, rumor is that Gorianov from Columbus is already got a deal in place to go to Boston. They're just waiting for Boston to to shift some cap stuff around to to fit his contract in, so another team could potentially swoop in and take him. But for right now, it looks like he's he's going to be headed to Boston. So that would have been probably my first team I would have looked at for any you know top defender at the deadline right now. But outside of that, um, I wouldn't be shocked to see uh, the LA Kings make a splash here. I know they've been rumored to to be in on Chikrin for so long, but I think you know again Arizona not having to deal him you know this this season, I think uh, they could stand you know stand pat on their their asking price and then say you know LA maybe gets frustrated. They're like, you know what? Screw it. We're not giving you the 10 pieces you're asking for for Jacob Chikrin. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to go look at Minnesota, who's, you know, slowly slipping out of a playoff spot here and, you know, hanging on to a wild card spot. And, you know, we're going to go ahead and deal a guy like Blake Lazat or, um, you know, gosh, who knows? You know, one of our, you know, one of our younger guys here, we're going to go get Matt Dumba. We're going to, you know, deal maybe, say, send out, uh, you know, Sean Walker or somebody else with him and, uh, you know, bring in Matt Dumba, who can solidify that, that that third pair very, very nicely. Yeah, you know, L.A. is in an interesting spot once again because you look at them and you go, are you really going to go out and win a playoff series right now? I don't think so with that goaltending and your, your defense. Now, does Matt Dumba help? Yes. Man, I don't know if I'm trading a, my first-round pick for Matt Dumba when I'm I mean, yeah, the first round looks pretty simple. Do I see LA beating Vegas? No. Do I like I don't to me unless you're getting a guy like this is why Chicken makes so much sense because he's got lots of term and he's he's a younger sure. guy. I don't know that it makes sense for Matt Dumba to go to LA because I don't think that LA is there. I don't think that they're gonna win the cup. I don't think that they think that they can, especially with that goaltending. I know Phoenix Copley has come in very nicely. He's played really well. He's 913 save percent or a 904 save percentage, which is just below league. I actually I think it's just above league average this year. What's league average save percentage? It's low. Oh, uh, yeah. might, might be sure just 904 something 90, like that. Yeah, 905 something. But I mean they're just not getting the goaltending. And I don't think this is the year that you bet on your on this team when there's so many other teams surging Vegas is in this spot where they're going to go out and they're going to get someone, you know, the avalanche are still fantastic. Dallas and Winnipeg, like you look up and down and then you go, well, yeah, we might even like, what happens if we have to play like Edmonton or something? Um, Right. There's another team who, you know, again, been rumored to be on Eric Carlson who could really use, I think um, a mobile defenseman on the back end. Right. So at 6 million bucks, a cheaper option, if you can get Minnesota to eat half that, you know, easily you can fit in. I, you can find a way to fit in three million bucks somehow. Just deal somebody out. You know, maybe it's Jesse Pooley-Arvey, right? Maybe he goes back the other way, and boom, there's your three million bucks. Yeah, yeah, and, and, that, in, and no that makes more sense from for both teams because Minnesota, you know, they don't have the the same kind of of scoring depth up front, the forward depth, and if they're going to lose Dumba, at least you get somebody who's who's still under contract and uh, and is going to play for you, and that. And the Oilers obviously desperate for a defenseman at this point. And right. yeah, Matt Dumba would fit in nicely. So I I like I like that prospect. I just I don't know if for the Kings it's worth it at this point. I don't know, like even for Seattle, like 
Is it worth other than, you know, those, those types of teams, they go out and you grab some of the depth guys and you go, you know, Hey, we know we've had a couple holes over here. We'll, we'll patchwork this together, but I'm looking at them and going, I mean, they're still a few years away from being really good. Like let them go see if they could beat Seattle in the first round and, and, you know, maybe go on a little run, but I just don't see it with this goaltending. I think they're going to get ripped up in the playoffs because if if you let in two bad goals in the playoffs, you're probably going to lose a series. <laughs> like, how often do you see a team where you go, "Wow, they let in th- like three really terrible goals at terrible times, but somehow still won the series"? No, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I I I think Los Angeles isn't going to go far in the playoffs, but. So if they if they play Seattle first round, I think that they they got a really good shot at getting past that, and maybe that's how you reward your younger players. But you know, for me right now, I think LA's at at a point where I, I agree with you. I think spending a first round pick is is not the right move at this point. At the you know their their shift towards you know the next generation of players from Brown and Kopitar. But um, you know, if you're Seattle, again, just get in, let these younger guys get some experience, let Matty Beniers get a little playoff experience. But um, man, if you're if you're Edmonton and you get in that first round, you get to play Los Angeles. That's a goldmine for you. I think. I think Edmonton could eat up LA really quick. Um, you know, especially if they have to get into a goal scoring match. Um, you know, Jack Campbell's been playing a little bit better as of late. So you know, maybe he yeah, turns but- it on and Edmonton go makes a move for a defender and. Now all of a sudden, LA can't score goals. Yeah, are we just going to see the same playoff matches matchups as last year? Edmonton, right. LA. Uh, what, what was the other? Uh, Dallas, Calgary. Oh. We'll see. Um, anybody else that you you know you're like this guy's moving. Anyone else that you you're thinking of? Oh, that's moving. Um, I mean, obviously you can look at Chicago, right? And uh, you know we talked about Patrick Kane, but I think a guy like Max Domi, uh, Andre Anthonyu, I think those guys are probably going to get dealt at some point. Uh, just a matter of when. And then outside of that, um, really, I think the only other player that's Maybe I, w- I would look at he's been injured for, for most of the season would be a Shane Gossesphere. Um, he's another defender that I would keep an eye on. And then, um, <clears throat> boy, really, outside of that, I, I don't know if there's any other big-name guys. That, I'll tell you. Um, I'll tell you. A team that no one is talking about because people know they're not going to go into some rebuild. But, man, the, the Washington Capitals are tanking fast. Mm. They are right now – two points out of the playoffs. Yes, they have two games in hand. Where is Alex Ovechkin? He's not here yet. I mean, we, we know what's, we know what's going on. It's, you know, family first, all that. I no problem with him leaving. Um, I, even if he was, he was playing in these games, maybe they only lose three instead of two, all four. But I, I don't think that this is just because of Alex Ovechkin not being there. I think that this, this team does not need to just, tear the whole thing down. But when you look at, you know, Hey, they've got some pieces that they could move right now. I mean, somewhere between Lars Eller, Marcus Johansson. Uh, I mean, their entire defensive core are free agents at the end of the year, except for John Carlson. Uh, you, you've got to think that you could move some of those pieces out, acquire some picks and either a make those picks, you know, go, go out, restock the cupboards or use those picks in the off season when you're a little more flexible and you can kind of retool this thing. Like this is this is a team to me that is the poster child for. Please just make like one or two changes, and you guys will be really good again. You just have to figure it. Really, it's their defense. Like you just kind of have to rebuild your defense, and 
and let the forwards just kind of marinate here for a minute and, you know, deal guys off, get some picks, and then be able to bring in the right guy uh, for next year and just just say, you know, this isn't our year. Is Washington going to win the Stanley Cup this year? Absolutely not. Are they even going to make the playoffs? Probably not. I think it's something like they have a 30% chance of making the playoffs, according to uh, – Oh, what, what clear stats or whatever it is that I heard. Yeah. So I mean, you've got Detroit and Buffalo right on your tail, and they've got games at hand. So a lot of games um, in hand. Yeah, Buffalo yeah. is two points back with four games in hand. So <laughs> right. yeah, and they're just trending downward. And it's like you don't need to hang on. Like it's obvious that this year is just a it's a down year for your club. You had all these injuries at the start of the year. Ovechkin's missing this time right now. It's just a weird time. Just. Let everybody just kind of chill, trade off a few pieces, get some assets back that you have obviously dealt over the years and and your cupboards are not quite as full, but they do have a first and a second round pick in this next year's draft. If they could tack on a couple more picks in the next two, two drafts, I mean, you're not just setting yourself up for now, but you could set yourself up for later or trade those picks down the road. And I, I think they are the absolute candidate for doing that. I, I mean, yeah. who, who would not love? I know, I know that he's been he's been hurt much of the year, uh, but if Connor Brown is ready to come back, maybe by the end, you know, for the I guess oh he's out six to eight months. Oh, I forgot about that ACL injury. Yeah, but I mean, but that was well, at the I beginning of the season. Six months. I mean, it's not out of the question that you come back in April and and maybe play. But uh, I mean, Carl yeah, Hagelin. Connor Fury. I mean, Connor Fury. That, yeah. that guy's been just killing it. And at one point five million, any team can fit him under the cap, and he would yep. be a great middle six option. Yeah, and if you can scoop a, a third round pick for Connor Fury, I mean, oh, you could get a second round pick for him, yeah. no problem. So. Yeah. Why not do it, right? If you're right, I mean they're going to be on the bubble, so why not just say, hey, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna give some of the younger guys in the organization a chance to come up and play, right? We're gonna maybe call up, oh gosh, I don't even know, like a Ludwig Pearson, bring him up, let him get some some ice time, and some and, of these other and, younger guys. And not to mention, that, you know, Connor Sheary's got those two Stanley Cup rings. Um, that's that's I, I mean that's massive. Uh, or right. does he have three? Does he have three? Did he win, uh, did he win the cup with no he didn't win the cup no, with, no, just, with Washington just twice with Pittsburgh yeah he went to Buffalo that's right he went to Buffalo before he went to Washington so he didn't win the cup with with Washington in 2018 right or was yeah. it 28 yeah 2018 he won the cup with Pittsburgh in 2018 or uh, in in 2017 15 16 he won it twice, yeah. 16 17 yeah yep so yeah, those guys that have Stanley Cups I mean those are the guys to go out and deal for even if they're coming in and playing five like the every other playoff game i mean they just they know what to do when they get in there um they've been there before it's not going to scare uh well i think you know we could we could go through the entire nhl in a show but we won't um we'll just keep talking as we we go along here i mean we've got what what are we at it's march 8th is the trade deadline so we've got a, a just over two weeks left for the trade deadline so we are very much nearing the end and then you know we have nothing to talk about for the next uh, six months. No. <laughs> so uh, nothing. Yeah, nothing. No, no playoffs to talk about. Um, any last last thoughts before we sign off here? Uh, no. Just uh, another big congrats on the, the baby news. But oh, that's yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, go get my other baby up. My two hey. my two and a half year old baby. <laughs> it's <laughs> funny, you know. It's just like a dog. Like, at what point do you stop calling your dog a puppy? Right. Yeah. 
Uh, they, yeah. I mean, they're two. They're still kind of a puppy. And you can be like, well, yeah, he's eight. But like, you're still like, could be a puppy. You know, like the dog, how, how long do you call a dog a puppy? I don't know. Uh, I've heard three years is when they're like, they, you can't call them a puppy anymore at three years. Um, okay. But, oh. but a child, you know, they're like still your baby, but they're not a bit ba- like, she's not a baby. I mean, she can put on her own clothes and go get her own silverware. Like she's not a baby. <laughs> right. A baby is practically a little lump that sucks on boobies all day. Like that's, oh. that's what a baby does. Uh, but what were you about to say? Oh, I was going to say, I just read, uh, I was looking at some things, but Luke Shen being held out tonight. Uh-huh. You know, there's been a few guys who've been held out and, uh, we haven't seen a move. So it's, no, no, we have not there. This is the, uh, this is, this is where you treat, you know, you treat everybody with the, uh, like the glass slipper treatment kind of thing. Oh, I don't want him to break tonight. I'm, I, I feel like there may be a guy, someone and I've, I've missed it. Like, Someone who somebody wanted to trade and then they got hurt for the rest of the year and mm-hmm. someone went, damn it, you idiot. <laughs> Why were we playing him? <laughs> um, I'm sure that I'm sure that that's happened where, you know, you have somebody who you would who you figure eh, we're not going to be that good. The good this year, you know, towards the trade deadline, we'll we'll be dealing this guy. But uh, it's different if it's today and he plays in a game and you would have traded him next week. But like how 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 far out do you hold out a guy? You know, you gotta, you gotta still ice, like play the guy if he's healthy and you're not just going to scratch him for a month, but, right. um, and, uh, I guess my final note is just, uh, wishing the best for Jonathan Taves that he would, you know, heal up from uh, their city had like basically long COVID and that that's what, that's, what's been like completely just wearing him down all year. And, uh, so you know, wish the best of him, best of luck for him that he he recovers from that, and we get to see him next year, and maybe back with the Blackhawks. Who knows? He's not getting dealt though, so you know maybe nope. he just goes signs the extension, and uh, you know I I this is what I wonder. I wonder if Patrick Kane leaves, as I think we all like. Patrick Kane's gonna go, and I don't think that Patrick Kane's. I I don't know him. Like I don't want to make a, a character judgment based out of his personality because I do not know him. I'm sure that he's a really funny person because of the things that I've seen him do. But And and I know that he's not the same guy that beat the tar out of a taxi driver. And I was like, what, 15 years ago Gosh, now? She was like 19, yeah. So I, so I don't want to, I don't want to like, oh, he did that. So that, that means that he's that guy forever. But I, I do wonder, I mean, he's obviously the most influential guy in that room at this point, him and Taves. And, and I wonder if Patrick Kane leaves and you look and you go, I mean, Jonathan Taves is, is the guy we want really want to stay. And a guy that we think that we could, we could build around from a leadership standpoint, not from, you know, not really from an on ice standpoint. He's, he's probably moving forward. You're looking at someone who is a third line, second line kind of center. And, and that's how he has been for the last couple of years too. And, but I, I think that maybe the Patrick Kane dust settles and you end up keeping Jonathan Taves and he stays with the Blackhawks. He he goes through this little bit of a rebuild and the Blackhawks are better for it. He's better for it. And, you know, then maybe he has a little bit of a resurgence and you just kind of, you know, sometimes you just need a shake up in leadership. And Patrick Kane's been there for so long that you don't even know what the Blackhawks look like without him. So it w- would be interesting you know, now that their their hand is forced 
to keep Taves and probably lose t- uh, Kane is that you're going to get a look at what maybe his th- this team would look like being led by Kane or by by Taves. Sorry, and, I, and I'm interested in that. I'm interested to see how the like the personality works and the leadership works without Kane in the room because it certainly will change things for the Hawks. Yeah, those next guys, right? That next group of players coming in, and yeah. how much does Jonathan Taves let them, you know, have the room, right? Right. Yep. It'll be fun to watch. Uh, well, that is our show. You can find us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. Um, we'll be back next week to talk more, uh, more potential trades and uh, break down any trades that happen between now and then. And until then, enjoy these games leading up to the deadline. Justin, I'll talk to you later. To our listeners, have a great night.